This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. What's up, everyone? Here we go. It is time to get into the Word. So stoked to be here uh, with you, uh, just uh, preaching this Word. Uh, we are concluding our series today, uh, Bring the Noise. And um, we're going to dive into this. And if you would turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6, and I'll meet you there. And so uh, Crystal Gale and I uh, just, we love you guys. Uh, we, 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 Crystal Gale sends her love. And um, we are excited about what God's doing in the midst of our community at Hopeland Church. And so um, as we uh, get ready to conclude this series this month, uh, next month, um, which is next Sunday, we're going to start a new series called Grace for Grown Folk. Uh, Grace for Grown Folk. So I hope um, you can be a part of that and you receive from that starting next week. So here we go. Um, Second Kings chapter six. Let me pray and then we'll jump into the word today. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your word, uh, God. And I just uh, pray that you give everybody, uh, Lord, listening and hearing the word, uh, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know the hope of their calling. And Lord, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in their life? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. Second Kings chapter six. Now, I just want to give you a little history here. We're going to talk about this battle, this conflict between the children of Israel and Syria at this time. Uh, Syria and Israel were at war um, and um, Syria was about to attack them. And um, Elisha, the prophet, God told them about it. Uh, Elisha told uh, the king of Israel about it. Um, and so they made some adjustments and the, and the king of Syria was mad because he went to his team as, and said, who, who here is, is a traitor? And they were like, we're not, we didn't tell anybody. It's Elisha, the prophet that told the king of Israel what we're gonna do. So they're like, okay, we're gonna go to where Elisha, the prophet is, and we're gonna kill him. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, set ourselves in battle array in the city where Elisha was, and they um, were about to attack them. Now, Elisha, the prophet had a servant, and the servant was scared. The servant was scared because Syria is about to attack and he was fearful. And let's just start here in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. And it says, so he answered because his servant was afraid. The army of Syria was about to attack. They were surrounded, okay? And this is what Elisha told his servant. Do not fear uh, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Uh, verse 17, uh, but if you, I'll read verse 17, but if you were to look at the natural circumstance, there was only two of them and a whole army. So I'm sure Elisha's servant was like, what are you talking about here? Uh, there is uh, more of them than us. But verse 17, and Elisha prayed, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Uh, then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, 
the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so we're gonna jump right into this message here. My first point is this, our spiritual reality is victory. Uh, that was the reality in the truth, in the spirit realm. We're talking about bring the noise, walk in your authority and in the natural in your life. You may be in a situation where you're like, this is overwhelming, this is too much, this is, I don't know how to handle this. I don't, I mean, this is, uh, this doesn't look so good, but Elisha prayed and said, open the young man's eyes. God opened his eyes and he saw a reality that was not from the natural realm of things. It is God, um, and, and, and look at this. And there he opened his eyes and saw the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. I mean, we're talking angels, angelic hosts, I mean, heaven was on their side. It's amazing when you're walking with God and you're in prayer, here it is. Prayer empowers you to see what others don't see. You pray, I mean, I was listening to a preacher this last week, old school preacher, man. I like to pull up these preachers from back in the day and listen to them, I find them on YouTube and stuff. And this man said, if you don't pray, you will faint. Right. And he was talking about prayer. I mean, pray. I, I, I mean, there, there's always a, a solution to the battle, to the situation, to to the fight, to the trial, to the trouble, to what you're dealing with. And prayer is always the answer. And prayer is 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 communion with God. It's talking with God. And when it says Elisha prayed, the eyes of this young man were opened and he saw a reality uh, of victory. So once again, our spiritual reality is that of victory. All right. So here we go. So Elisha basically, um, um, you know, he prayed that um, that the Syrian army would be blind. Okay, uh, and they were. And so what he did is he led them to Samaria. Like he's like, Lord, make them blind. And he's like leading them and they're all blind. Um, I know it's kind of comical here like that this actually happened, but he leads them to Samaria. He's like, here you go, you know, over here. Um, and so uh, as a result of that, um, you know, when he was there, he, he asked God, okay, now, now make them see, okay? Um, and the king of Israel was like, should we kill them? This is so powerful, so powerful that Elisha was a praying man. He was walking with God. And, and look, at when you're praying and you're walking with God, you see things that others don't see. And I'm talking about the victory. I'm talking about what God is saying. You, you live in a different place uh, of authority. You experience it. Uh, you walk in it. And the people in the natural realm may not understand your perspective, may not understand what you see, may not understand the decisions you're making, but it's because you're in prayer and you're being led by the Spirit of God. Prayer is powerful. Like the, old, like the man of God said to me this week on YouTube, if you don't pray, you will faint, okay? You, 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 you will, I mean, if, if, I, if I don't pray, I'm gonna end up somewhere I don't wanna be. If I'm not in prayer, and I'm not talking about, this isn't just religious ritual, I mean just seeking God. I'm gonna start seeing things and, and being focused on the natural things instead of seeing things by the Spirit. If I don't pray, if, if I, I mean, if, if I'm not seeking God, if, if, if I don't have that relationship with God and, and I'm walking with God, I'm, I'm going to be distracted by the world. I'm going to be pulled into temptation and pulled into doubt. I mean, prayer 
keeps us in a place where we're walking with God and walking in, 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 in an authority to bring the noise of what God is saying to our environment is prayer. And so check this out. So you can go on and read this. I just want to kind of paraphrase and then we'll get to a, um, uh, chapter seven here. Uh, but so he led them there. Uh, the king was like, should we kill him? But Elijah is so, so fascinating to me in the moment, in the reality. This um, kingdom, the Syrian army, they wanted to attack Israel. And Elisha told the king, you know, to feed them. He heard from God, no, don't do that, feed them. <laughs> so, so the king listened to the prophet. They, they, they throw a big feast for the Syrian army. And, and they basically, they sowed a seed into the, their enemies, okay? And as a result of giving them a feast, the Bible says that the Syrian army no longer sent bandits into Israel to rob them, okay? So it started to change something when they sowed. So, um, so Syria, I know I got some history, some Bible kind of history here, walking through the narrative, but we'll get into some scripture. So after that, Syria basically besieged uh, Samaria and, and made it impoverished, okay? When they showed up and they, they, they basically created a famine in a land um, because of the way they treated the people there, okay? All right, and, and, and so the Bible says at this point in history, because of what Samaria, sorry, what the Syrian army did to this, to this region of Samaria, the Bible says that they, they were impoverished, there was a famine, and they were eating, this is, this is grotesque, this is gross, but this is the state of the poverty of this people because of what Syria did. Okay, they were eating donkey's head, okay, and, and dove's dung. I know it's, it's gross, but this is what was happening to these people. And even people were eating their children, okay? Now, this is dark. It is um, wrong, but it was a result of what Syria did when they showed up. So, so when... Here's the point here. When, when we're privileged and blessed and resourced, it is our responsibility to bless the environment we are in, not bring destruction to the environment we are in. The blessed are accountable before God and others to be a blessing. So Syria was good. They were blessed by Israel. They threw them a feast, but Syria did the opposite to the people of Samaria. And it's like, here's the point. Like, if you're good, the people in your, and the people in your environment are worse, there's a problem. If Hopeland's good and we're not blessing people in the environment we're in, there's a problem. If you as a believer, you're blessed to be a blessing. I know that's so, so cliche. I mean, you hear that a lot, but that is the purpose of the blessing. Um, that, that is how God operates, right? And so, so once, so the king finds out, the king's heartbroken that, that people are eating their actual children. I mean, this, he, 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 he mourns and laments this. And, and, and then he starts to blame Elisha, okay? And Elisha basically says, you know, that um, things are gonna change. There, there's poverty, but things are gonna change and things are gonna be affordable again. The economy, basically, this is what the prophet said, the economy is gonna change basically overnight. And so what he said, what Elisha said, and you can read this, um, is read the verses, but basically what he said 
is that what he foretold, what he prophesied about what would happen in Samaria is that, um, that what he prophesied is there would be six times as much good food for one-fifth of the price. And they're eating doves, droppings, donkey head, and their own children. And he said, by this time soon, right, the, the price of things, food, will be six, you'll get six times as much good food for one-fifth of the price, which would basically mean the siege would be over. So, so here's a, Elisha's a praying man. He's walking with God and he's able to hear something that is way outside of the current condition. And prayer will do that for you. And I would say it's not so much prayer, but it's, it's your relationship with God through prayer and what he, he imparts into you, the word inside of you, the, the leading of his spirit, his presence gives you hope and something that is far beyond and far better than your current situation, okay? And so here we are. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 3. Okay, we're going to read verse 3. It says, now uh, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. This is in Samaria. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? So they're in, not only are they lepers, but they're, they're in famine. And they're just sitting there. And they said, man, there's four of them. They're talking to each other. They're like, man, why are we sitting here? We're going to die. Okay, verse 4, 1 Kings 7, verse 4. It says, if, if we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we, if we sit here, we'll also die. You know, not, not the best of situations. We go there, we're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. Now, therefore, come. Let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. Basically, they're like, man, if we stay here, we'll die. If we go to the city, we'll die. But maybe there's this one thing. If we talk to them, if we approach them, it's possible that we could live. But the point is, is they had to move. Here's my second point. And I'm talking about your situation and where you are. You not, might not be in exact situation like this, but this is the point, is that there, there, there comes a time where you've got to move. Here it is. There is a time to move. There's a time to move, um, to not sit there in your situation, to get up, to move up out of there, uh, and, and to take some action. And this is the power of it here, is that the power of this moment, and, and me looking at this, the power of this moment, four lepers in famine, about to die, you know, and there's a, their, their, their community is basically overtaken by a foreign army, all right? The power of this moment is that they are all in the same situation, but they all wanted to get out, because this is all for it. And there's something so powerful about being in your situation with people that want to move on. It, it, there, 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 there's something about where you are now that God will bring people to you in your same place and, and, that, and that God will use the unity of, of the people in your life to help bring you out of where you are. God always uses people and community to take people and community somewhere 
better somewhere out of this. Now, they didn't have all the answers, but the point was is that they moved. They didn't know for sure, without a doubt, that they would get out of this. But together, they were in unity and they moved. Never underestimate the power of agreement, okay? And this is my next point. God moves in and through community. God was moving in the midst of this. It might have looked like God wasn't there, but I'm telling you, you're gonna, as we get through this story, you're going to see how God was moving. And God used four lepers that had some issues. They were unclean, had their issues, were separated well, uh, from, from certain people. I mean, they, they were walking out some stuff, but they moved. Never underestimate the power of agreement. God moves in and through community. God always brings change where there is unity, okay? You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have it all. You, but but you, what I tell you, you do need is the right people in your life that you can come into agreement with to go from your famine to 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 the blessing to go from uh, mediocrity to the promise of God to go from the wilderness to the promised land. I mean, if you just think in in God's in God's narrative in Exodus is God brought a people out of Egypt. He brought a people into the promised land. God moves in and through community. All right, that's why um, God transitions people um, out of environments at times because he is a, a proponent and a fan of unity. And where there is elements of disunity, God will deal with it, all right? Um, and so I remember my wife and I uh, some time ago, um, got a, a prophetic word from Dr. Michael Maiden, I think. Um, we were like in the green room um, serving him, just kind of hosting him uh, at, um, at a church we were leading at. Um, and he just spoke over us and he didn't know the details of our story, um, but he said, he said two countries, uh, two ethnicities, two dreams becoming one. And he said this, he says, whatever you two dream together, it will come to pass. And there is a blessing in unity, okay? And God wants to do that through you. So let's go to verse five. First Kings chapter seven, verse five. And they, they rose at twilight. Here we go. They're like, let's do this, to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Um, here's my next point. God is doing more than you realize. It says to their surprise, I believe that when we step out, just like these lepers did, they, they're like, Dude, I don't know what's out there, but I'm not staying here. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to stay in my attitude. I'm not going to stay in mediocrity. I'm not going to stay in my doubt. I'm not going to stay in my unbelief. I'm not going to stay in my depression. I'm not going to stay in my insecurity. I'm not going to stay in uh, my anxiety. I'm not going to stay in my fear. These levers are like, look, if we stay in this, we're going to die. Let's move. Let's move. We just might live. There just might be something out there. You just never know. And this is the beauty of it is, is they were thinking they were going to have to negotiate. 
They were thinking they were going to have to, you know, and they had a plan. But man, we, we, we just need to move. Just step out in faith and get up out of there. Come up out of that stuff. Get up out of there and move and watch what God does. God's going to honor it. He'll honor your work of faith. The Bible says Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he went. He went out not knowing where he was going. And that is the walk of faith. That is uh, the blessing is in the walk of faith. Okay, not sitting in your stuff. All right. Don't stay there. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. Pack your, get, make sure your backpack is ready. Keep moving. The Bible says, you know, we're sojourners. We're, we're on a journey where we walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. This thing is moving. Don't get so spiritually sedentary. Don't, don't stay there. You might be like, man, God's good. I, I mean, I've come a long way. Awesome. Awesome. Keep your bags packed. Keep it moving. Keep it moving because God is doing more in the background than you realize. There's some, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think and be it unto you according to your faith. Get up and get out where God's calling you to go. If you move, you will see what God is doing. You'll see it. You gotta move. You gotta move, all right? But you must get up from where you are and move. You must get up from where you are and move. And some of this might be might be uh, natural in a sense, in the real sense of the word, like where God's calling you to go. God's calling you to do something. God is calling you. Um, maybe some of you are attending church. Well, right now, not too many people are attending church. But maybe it's time for you to step up and, and start serving, right, in, in local church community. Uh, you know, maybe uh, it's time for you to step up in, 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 in um, your work environment. Maybe some of you, maybe there was like this promotion available, but you let fear keep you where you are. And there was opportunity. Yes, there's, yes, it's going to cost more from you. Yes, it's going to be harder. But, but, but are you letting fear just keep you where you are? Is it, is it, is, is, if you built this environment in your walk with God, that's just safe and you got it all figured out. You got it all under control, you know, and God never, um, wants us to, uh, be in a place. He wants us to, um, be able to have the capacity to handle things. Yes. But I'm telling you, God's always going to stretch you. He's always going to stretch you a little bit, you know. Some of you, you know, you you you've uh, taken a little too long to take that step of faith in some area of your life. Uh, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a, maybe it's maybe going a little deeper in your relationship. Maybe it's trusting somebody. Like you have allowed fear and your past hurts to keep you from being vulnerable in a healthy context, so you can get even more healed in the relationships you currently have. Uh, maybe um, you've gotten comfortable, you know, in your own pursuit of your education. You kind of stop, but you feel like God's saying, "No, take it a step further. Go, do it. Push the boundaries." These lepers moved. Okay. First Kings chapter seven, verse six, for uh, the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise. Somebody say, bring the noise. Says they, that God caused the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of the horses, the noise of a great army. There was no army, but they heard one. <laughs> It was that army that Elisha saw. It was that army that Elisha saw. Um, so they said to one another, 
look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. Verse eight, somebody say God is working in the background. God is moving when you get out of your comfort zone. God is moving when you get out of your comfort. God is moving when you get out of your wilderness. God is moving when you get out of your issue. God is moving when you get out of that attitude, when you get out of that, that, that pattern, when you get out, break out of that cycle, right? You get up and get out, all right? Uh, and the Bible says God's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You, you come out. He called them out of Egypt, right? We've been called into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the son of his love, right? He has brought us from death to life. Uh, some people, man, they want to experience Jesus. They want a relationship with him. But look, you got to come out of something, right? There, I mean, you want more of God, you got to come out. Come up out of that. Um, blind Bartimaeus had to cast his garments. He had to get out of what society put on him get out of his issue, and he came to Jesus. Jesus said, what do you want from me? He said, I want my sight. He came up out. The, the woman with issue of blood, she, pre- she came out 12 years, issue of blood. She presses, I'm coming out of this. She touched Jesus. The Bible says, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. You got to come out. You got to come out, and God's doing something in that place of faith. He's going to meet you there. He's already doing it, but you got to get out. You got to get out. They would have, ne- they never would have experienced this. Could you imagine in famine and two lepers, sorry, not two, four, they roll up on the camp of the Assyrians and it's like, wait a minute. This is like a, sh- this is like a, sh- a free shopping spree right here. They just rolled up on all kind of goods. All right. And they were like, whoa, could you imagine? I believe that is God's provision, supernatural provision. But those, those, those men had to get up out of there. I'm here to tell you, there, there's more for you in faith that you will ever find outside of it in every aspect of your life. It is the nature of God. His name is Jehovah Jireh. He is, he is, he is the Lord that provides, okay? Uh, verse seven, therefore they arose and fled at twilight. They left the camp intact, the tents, the horses, the donkeys. They fled for their lives. Verse eight, and when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. I mean, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I would have been like, I sure am hungry. I would have been like, hey, let's, let's eat. Look at this. Look what God was doing for these guys. And this is all God. This is all God. And carried, and carried from it silver and gold and clothing. I mean, they're balling, right? You know what I mean? They're like, woo. You know, they're taking selfies, right? Uh, not really, but you get the point. They're like, what? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they're rejoicing. And carried it from silver and, and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And then they came back and entered another tent. They're like, let's go. Let's do this again. Come on, let's go for seconds, right? And they carried some from there also and went and hid it. I mean, they're like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're like, what's going on? All right, let's look at verse nine. And, and they said, so, 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 they're, so they're enjoying this, man. They're, they're, 
They're, they're, they're, they're blessed and highly favored. I mean, supernatural provision. God has been good to me, right? They're, 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 they're eating. I mean, they got, they, got, they got some stuff, right? They're blessed. But look at verse nine. Here we go. And they said to one another, we are not doing right. We are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore come, let us go and tell the king's household. And so here's my next point. Don't gain a blessing and lose your conscience. Um, They received abundance, but they did not lose their conscience. They did not. They, they were tempted. They had a moment. They were absorbing the blessing for themselves. And they thought for a moment, wait a minute, what is the real point of this? What is that? They didn't just um, absorb. They didn't just receive. But they're like, we want, we need to change something. This blessing is more than just about us. Verse 10. So they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, saying, we went to the Syrian camp. And surprisingly, somebody say surprisingly. I really believe that that's that's the second time surprise is used, that God wants to surprise you on your walk of faith. Open doors, blessings, favor. God is in the surprising business. This is beautiful. This is the heart of our Father for us. God brought the noise to the enemy. And in doing that, they fled. Let God be praised. Let his enemies be scattered. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I mean, the enemy ran and there was abundance in the environment where the enemy fled. Surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound. Not a human sound. Somebody say, bring the noise. Not a human sound. Only horses and donkeys tied and tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside. Hallelujah. I I just want to encourage you today. God wants to bring the noise to the camp of the enemy trying to come against you. Bring the noise. And when he does, you step out in faith, God will bring the noise. The Bible says he heard the noise of an army and they were freaking out. They thought they were foreign armies, but now I was God's army And, and they ran, okay? And God wants to do that. And when he does that, it is open doors and blessings and opportunity and life change and changing things, okay? So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, verse 12, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. So the king starts tripping. There's a blessing, there's good news, and his own fear twisted it. His own issue twisted it. His doubt and unbelief twisted it. And this is the thing, we can't, um, you know, and and this is my point, I'm gonna say it this way. Don't believe the hype. And what I mean by that is that the, 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 the king of Israel was believing a lie. There was a blessing and he, and he could not, still could not see it. It was from a reputable source. It was his team telling him, look, there's a blessing, we gotta go there. He's like, no, this is what's gonna happen. They're gonna come and they're gonna kill us. And his fear got a hold of him. 
church, Hopeland Church, don't believe the hype. Like the king of Israel, don't allow fear uh, to keep you um, from what God is doing. You know, don't, don't allow fear to keep you from what God has for you. And his fear gripped him. His fear grabbed him. Okay? So fear will uh, paint a picture. And in this man's mind, it painted a picture. It created a narrative that is not even real. It was not real. It was, it was a lie. But he was believing it. He was saying it. He was telling other people about it. Okay? So once again, fear will paint a picture and create a narrative that is not real. I'm going to tell you right now, fear is a liar. Fear and uh, fear is the voice of the enemy. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. We all have to deal with the voice of fear. God, the, the devil will attack us. The devil, that's, that's how he operates. He operates in fear, all right? Uh, we, we know that our, our media uh, in this world uh, can, can, can just propagate fear. I mean, it instills fear in people. I mean, you listen, anybody, I don't care how spiritual you are. If all you do is watch the news and hear that narrative, you will struggle with fear, especially in this day and in this hour. You got to shut that down. You you don't have to receive that. We were live last night, uh, my wife and I on, um, on social media, just talking to our community and just we were laughing a bit, having a good time. But part of it, we were talking about, look, you know, you need to set boundaries with the news, man. I'm not saying not to be aware, not to have those outlets so you kind of have some information of what's going on. Uh, but man, uh, they ain't, that, that ain't the end all be all truth. And you don't need to be hearing that every day, all day, absorbing that. If you're hearing news more than the word, man, that... That, that's going to produce fear in your life. Fear, anxiety, doubt, stress. I mean, keep boundaries, even social media. You know, you gotta keep boundaries even with that stuff. I mean, that, that the messaging there isn't sacred. It is not always God's word and always encouraging. You gotta hear the word of God. Once again, fear will paint a picture and create a narrative that ain't even real. Don't believe the hype, all right? The narrative that the depression writes in your mind is a lie, all right? The narrative that anxiety and fear create in your emotions and soul is an absolute lie. Now, those feelings are real, but the outcomes do not line up with God's promise and God's word. You do not have to live in the spirit of fear. Come on, somebody, you gotta bring the noise, okay? Uh, verse 13, and one of the servants answered and said, please, here we go. This is so powerful. One of his servants said, wait, hold on, king. Let me talk to you, man. Let me give you some faith here. He said, please, let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed, I say, they may become like all uh, the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let us send them and see. Let us see. Let us go. Let us go. Who knows? Who knows? But let us go. Let's do it. Let's move. There is a time to move and to act. All right. And here it is. You got to listen to the courageous people in your world. You got to listen to the ones that are saying, wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let, let's not, let's not marry that fear. Let's not, let's not commit indefinitely to what you feel. Let's not commit indefinitely. Let, let's not, let's not give our life to that thought or fear. Let's, what if, what if, what if God is moving? What if there's provision out there? What 
if the blessing of God is out there? What if God is living? What if what God has said is true? What if this is really happening? And so here it is. My last point is this. It's a question. It's who are the courageous ones? Who are the courageous ones in your life? Who are the ones that will say, oh, no, I, I see what you're saying. I, I realize you're dealing with that. It's been, we've had a bad run here. We've been in a famine. People eating donkey's head, doves dung, and eating their babies. I mean, this is crazy. Society is wicked, and there's all kind of crazy demonic stuff happening. But look, man, let's move. Let's go. And, and there's courageous ones in the midst of our society. And what the unrest in America and the world and the nation, I'm telling you, there's some courageous ones in our midst that are saying, man, we can go. We can do things for God. We can serve God. We can impact our community. We can change our world. We can fulfill God's purpose. This does not affect God's purpose. Society does not affect the kingdom of God. This society doesn't thwart the most um, um, oppressive nations in our world have the most thriving and miraculous moves of God in it. Why? Because government and civil society do not have a corner on the market of how the kingdom of God can thrive and move and see people continually get touched and saved by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen to those that are willing to pay the price. Listen to those that are willing to pay the price. There are courageous people in your life. There are uh, calculated risk takers. I mean, they were calculated, they were thinking, but they're like, yo, we're gonna do this. We're gonna move out. There are calculated risk takers in your world. Listen to them, listen to them, listen to them. They're pushing into something God has done and God is doing. There are people that are pushing in the midst of what's going on in our world. They are pushing. They're like, God brought the noise. Let's go get what God has for us, right? And they, they are pressing towards um, what God will do. They're, they're, they're pushing into what God has done, what God is doing, and what he's gonna do. God brought the noise. The enemy was scattered and it was available. This is the thing. Fear will keep you from what God has already provided for you. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Here we go. We're almost done. Therefore, they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, go, 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 and see. Go, church. Go, people of God. Go and see what God is doing. Verse 15. And they went after them to the Jordan, and indeed all the road was full of garments and weapons, which the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king, then the people went out and they plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel. That's what Elisha prophesied, that the economy would shift and provision would be given to the less fortunate. And two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. God promised it, he spoke it, and they had to move. It was there, if they didn't move it, just sit there on the side of the road. You sit there, I'm just here to tell you there's provision, there's breakthrough, there's opportunity, there is success for you in God's kingdom. God has already accomplished it on the cross through Christ, and now it is yours for the taking. Be encouraged, church. God has brought the noise in your life and now you go receive all that he has paid a price for you to have. Bless you.
I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope, and your future in God is great.